Welcome to 1ABQ and You, Conversations, Culture, and Community, a City of Albuquerque production with your hosts, Mayor Tim Keller and me, Leah Black. Welcome, Albuquerque and beyond. This is our very first podcast episode of 1ABQ and You. My name is Leah Black, and this man needs no introduction. It is the Albuquerque Mayor, Tim Keller. Oh, well, listen, we're excited to be here. This is a podcast about one thing I think that we all love and we all know very well, which is our city and those of us and our own stories in our city. And, you know, usually we see things on like mainstream media, newspapers, things like that. And, you know, it's always just so condensed. It's like a headline or it's a soundbite. And so we really wanted to do this because it's like, you know what, we, we've got stories to tell in Albuquerque and what a great way to do it just in free form. And so that's what we're going to do today. I love it. It's more organic and unscripted, and you're going to hang with us, so thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, so I think it'd be nice for those that don't know, let's get to delve into your life a little bit more. Um, I want to talk about jobs. What was your first job? Ooh, that's a good one. So I think just so people know, the whole podcast is not going to be about our lives. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about other people's lives. Yes. But we're going to start with some of our own stories. So, um, you know, so I had, well, first off, I want to tell you about two. Okay. One was I used to pick up range balls at a Roydeloso golf course because I grew up in that neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Which weirdly was like a city job. So in a way, my first job was, you know, sort of now what we would call Youth Connect. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the summer jobs. It was really cool because basically I would work for a hamburger. I mean, I loved the hamburgers <laughs> at Roydeloso golf course. And the guy who used to buy me a hamburger <laughs> every day after work <laughs> is still a golf coach. What? I ran into him the other day. This guy named Todd Kirsting. It's weird that I even remember. I just remember he was Todd. And I was like, Todd? I was like, you just used to buy like a little high school kid hamburgers after you pick up range balls? Like, that was me. Yeah. He's Did he remember? Golf coach. Totally. Yeah. And he, yeah, I saw him at Wex. I mean, this is just like a couple of weeks ago. Random. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, shout out to Todd. Love the burger. <laughs> and there's still really good food at our golf courses. So that's important. But I have to tell you about one other job. It was not, it was probably my first like big kids, not big kids job, but it was the beach water park. Oh, what? You worked there? Uh, oh my gosh. Like the best summers ever. Were you a lifeguard? And uh, I did not make the lifeguard cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very hard, actually, to make the lifeguard crew <laughs> in my own defense. So I ended up working in the tube shack. And I would be the, the guy who handed you your inner tube. <laughs> I know. I did I that for two it. years. That's amazing. And there was a whole hierarchy because it's like high school, you know, and like lifeguards are at the top. And then there's like, I was, you know, tube shack, not at the top. Oh, but the beach. look, the summers, thinking of like summers at the beach, you know, unbelievable. I mean, what a great way when you're like 16 years old to spend a summer. And so, yeah, love the beach water park. Beach water park is amazing. My first job was a babysitter at a daycare at Jazzercise. Do you Jazzercise. know Jazzercise? Do they still do this? I, I my think, mom did I think Jazzercise. it's still a thing. So yeah, that was yeah. the thing. My mom went to Jazzercise and they said they needed a kid to, you know, not necessarily a kid, but somebody to watch the daycare. And I think I was like 14. And then um, that was, that kind of segged into like me starting to go to Jazzercise with my mom. And then she quit going. She's a singer. And they, they became rock stars. They were in a band and they went, they were... <laughs> This is so funny. I hope she listens to this someday. They were a, an 80s cover band in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. A now cover band? Like they're yes. a contemporary the, cover band? Yeah, at the time, I guess it was contemporary. Anyway, what did your parents do? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Well, not that. 
um, how cool. I mean, does she still like rock it out? No, with, with, and her voice is amazing, what, but she doesn't. What 80s are we talking about? Are we talking about, like The Cure or like Michael no. Jackson or like. She did like Pat Benatar. Okay, there we go. Okay. Because she was the singer. It jazzercise. Yeah. <laughs> you can picture <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Tell ah, me about your they parents. They must have had a keyboardist in the band. They, that was my yeah. stepdad. Okay. Yeah. It's was very... it a stand-up keyboard? Yes. Yeah, like the... Yes. <laughs> oh, so and he had 80s. like the thin tie. It was, it was crazy. It's kind of cringe now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Nothing says tough like that. Tell me about what your thing. parents did. Uh, well, I... A lot less exciting, but we actually, my, my, well, my mom was a teacher, uh, kindergarten, uh, that's very exciting. Wait, we love teachers. Totally. And, (laughs) um, and then, uh, but my dad actually worked, he worked for the union. So he was like staff for a bunch of different unions, uh, building trades in New Mexico. And so that was pretty much the story. He did do appraisals on the side. So like, I have a lot of memories driving all around New Mexico, looking at half finished buildings. Cause like that was his job. Right. And, uh, we do it on the nights and weekends. So I'd get home at like, you know, 10 o'clock. I'm like eight. And I thought it was so cool because I spent the day in like rural grants. <laughs> That's just what yeah, we just did. shadowing your dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's cool. Lots of car time. Yep. Yeah. I know about the car time. <laughs> so it's interesting though because in – so we just had Balloon Fiesta for those of us who are like sort of time stamping this. We uh, had lots of conversations about our city, all sorts of things, stadium, Balloon Fiesta, Eclipse. But it was amazing because actually I was on the field and this one family starts chatting me up and they were like, hey, it was weird that they asked this because it's such a specific question. But they were like, they're like, where is the future of Albuquerque? Which is a different question than what is the future of Albuquerque? And I was like, where? I was like, why are you asking where? You know, and they were like, well, I don't know. You know, we have like young kids and we were just wondering like what, what, where they're going to live. And oh, like geographically. Yeah. And it was, it was also when, like, we were waiting. It was a yellow flag. So, like, there was kind of lots. We were all just kind of standing around. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let me tell you. And I was talking about how in the 80s, right, so in this era that you were talking about, and uh, when I was a little kid, Intel moved to Rio Rancho. Oh, that's right. And Rio Rancho existed before. Like, I remember driving around Rio Rancho for inspections, and they were, like, brick buildings that were built in the 70s. But then all of a sudden, Intel came, and it was like, boom. And like, I remember one out of five people you'd meet, like their parents worked at Intel or wow. were working out at Intel. And I was probably maybe like 10 at the time. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's not like the most vivid memory. But I definitely remember it. And then, of course, even as I got older, like all of a sudden there were, you know, like two high schools in Rio Rancho. Wow. I mean, now everyone like knows this, you know. Like, yeah. So Rio Rancho exploded. And it became, I think it's the third largest city in New Mexico. So the point is, we're going to have a new one, I think, for future families. A new sort of Intel boom. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's at a place called Mesa del Sol, which like a lot of people may not even know about. But think the airport and then like go past the runways. Like and if you're going to a concert at Isleta Pavilion. Yes. That sort of area, right? Yes. That whole area will be a suburb, although it's in the city, so it's not really yeah, a suburb. Yeah, it's really but, close. Yeah, I mean, look, the short story, there's this company called Maxion that is moving their solar panel manufacturing from Singapore to America, to Mesa del Sol. It's gonna be 2,000 jobs. It's like 1.5 billion wow. in investment. It's literally about the same size as Intel. So if that all happens, like we know what that means. People will live there, people will play there, and all of that's gonna be filled out. And it's a planned community actually. So it's not, 
It's not going to be sprawl because that's actually built in. It's like sustainable and it's mixed use, which is a good thing. That's why Mesa del Sol was sort of um, created in the first place uh, was to make sure we had like smart growth. And everyone forgot about this for like 10 years. Yeah, I remember. And then all of a sudden there was like, talk and then yeah, it kind of went away. You know, economic downturns, yeah. whatnot. So now you've got Netflix out there, North American headquarters, and then you're going to have Maxion. So I actually believe for like my kids, they're going to grow up and there's going to be a high school out there. There's going to be, you know, everyone's going to know about Mesa del Sol, and there's going to be like 10, 20,000 people living out there. It'll be the new sort of equivalent of what we went through in the 80s. That's amazing. And just thinking of that whole area, because it, it feels far. Like when you go to a concert, you know, you're in line in a, in a, in a traffic, you know. Because you're waiting which, in traffic yeah, yeah. for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a normal thing. But if you think about how quickly you get there, you know, it's so close. It's literally like four minutes from the heart of downtown or yeah. something. You know, it's really close. Maybe that's a little more because I have a lead foot, but we won't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> True. Yeah, it is. It's it's way uh, like closer than any other sort of when you think about growing outside of town, it's really not really that far outside of town. So and it's going to be cool. The things too that, I, that I'm finding really cool in these certain communities is the walkability thing. So I like that you're saying it's a planned community. So there's going to be places where you can have your car parked at your house and you can walk to it somewhere with your family for dinner mm -hmm. or you know, a, a little store for whatever basic groceries you need. So I love that model. That's really exciting. Yeah, and it has. It, back when I was in the state legislature is when this passed. It's, it's something called a tax increment district, which is not exciting. But what it does is it like makes sure that all of this is planned in advance. So you have you know, certain areas where it's going to be like low income housing, then mixed use housing, and then, you know, big houses, small houses and everything in between. But all the sort of, you know, fronts are like windows facing the street. So it's a very much community feel with like parking in the back. Oh, cool. And then there's like making sure it's a walkable community. So you have, you know, those basic things like sidewalks, but also to you name it, whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a playground, all of that is actually kind of mapped out. That's great. And, and so now we're actually going to get to see it work. Yeah, very cool. For That's us. super exciting for Albuquerque. But going back to Bloom Fiesta, how about Fiesta <laughs> this year? I mean, look, we've all, I've been to like 45 or something. I don't even. That's but amazing. This thing, well, I missed a few, you know, college, stuff like that. But uh, this one, I mean, it was so amazing because, like, there was obviously the main day with the eclipse. Oh. And that was something, like, I remember seeing, like, an eclipse of people where there was just as many people coming in at 9 o'clock in the morning as people going out. Oh, wow. That was so bizarre. Also made traffic terrible. But, yes. you know, uh, there were just so many unique things about it. And then the way, like... It got so cold during the eclipse. I don't know if you were out there, like, oh, it was like 40 degrees, and everyone's like, can the eclipse be over Freezing, now? Freezing, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, it was 80 degrees, you know, like 30 minutes later. Right. And so there were just all these sort of little nuances. But, like, in general, um, I feel like it had to be one of our most successful fiestas. But I know, you know, you kind of have insider knowledge working at the airport and all. <laughs> so I how, do. So how did it play out? How does it look so far? Yes, for those of you who don't know, I work at the Sunport. Um, we had... I think just over 100 and now this is from the Friday before counting the traffic of people coming in to town for balloon fiesta and leaving on the Monday after just over 120,000 people coming and going in Sunport in those I guess it would be 12 days 120 wow. so we have far surpassed you know our our sort of barometer year has always been 2019 because it was pre-pandemic mm -hmm. and and it's like pretty soon we, we don't have to use that anymore. But we've surpassed that now. And it's so exciting. People are traveling and coming wow. to Albuquerque. It's awesome. So I heard some rumor that like the eclipse 
was the equivalent of a hundred thousand extra either tickets or seats or something. Is that I've also is that heard urban that. myth? No, I think it's true because NASA put us as like the number one destination and best viewing spot in the world to see the eclipse. Uh. Clear skies, just to where we fell in the array. I don't know the right terminology. Yeah, <laughs> Some science people path. listening. Yes. The, yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's not right either. <laughs> um, but yeah, this it definitely contributed to that. Um, but what I like to think is that now these airlines, because I think this, we should talk about this sometime. Everybody's like, hey, why don't you add a flight to here and add a flight Always. to here? I get that request I all the time. And they don't realize it's a really hard process. We have to woo the airlines. It's their decision. It's not our decision. But we're thinking now when they see these numbers, they can validate and warrant adding more flights. <laughs> you don't think they're going to notice that it was like the eclipse just no, happened once? we're going to forget about that. Okay? <laughs> we're going to forget about that airlines. Anyway. Interestingly, I watched it with Delta. So the Delta Airlines reps oh, yeah. were, were at the Visit Albuquerque. I heard they like coming. watch party. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, Delta, we've got to be your hub going into Mexico because now we're international ready. Yes. And they were kind of like, we're here for the eclipse. Ah, they were like, <laughs> you know, they were we don't want to talk like, shop, mayor. <laughs> so, uh, but I still talk to them anyway, Good. even if they didn't really want to talk back. But they, they, they were actually, nuggets. they were actually really nice. They Good. were great. But we keep trying to put those nuggets in their ears. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't <laughs> want to lose the opportunity. So. Yes. Um, but, you know, so the other thing about Fiesta is I felt like it was the first, so on Tuesday, I got to fly. I have, a, I have a high school friend who actually is a balloon pilot. Oh, cool. So I've been in a chase crew for, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. And it was so special because I haven't, since I've had this gig, like I have not been a good chase crew member. I don't even know if I've done it once. <laughs> but busy. I used to be a regular. And so anyway, but I got to fly with him. Um, Robert Bacon is his name. It's the Sunflyer Balloon. So it's like the blue balloon, kind of a dark blue with a Zia, but like a bright sun. Oh. And most people have seen it. It's very Yeah, picturesque. I can picture like this balloon. Yeah. All over. So the Sunflyer. So I was like, they're like, hey, do you want to fly with us this year? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And so I did the competition flight. And so you take off from outside Fiesta, and then you try and drop a beanbag like, oh, yeah. onto Fiesta. Was this a day the, bo the boat thing? No, not the It was boat. the day after the boat, okay. which is a very similar one. Which, okay. by the way, he got second in that competition. Oh, that's anyway, so cool. I know. Is he related to Kevin Bacon? I got to ask it. No, I know. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's always, the whole thing Six is full of Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. no, it's true. I digress. Um, I mean, maybe he is, right? Because that's the whole thing. <laughs> he wouldn't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so you got, I got to go, uh, you know, you're so so like all these balloons are going up and down, like on the field and it's, close it's, to you. It's crazy. It was way more like exciting and sporting than I would have ever thought, and also like a little bit scary. Yeah. You know, he was like, "Your job is just to make sure there's no balloons below us, because like you have to drop really fast and stuff like that." Oh, right. So I'm like just hanging out the window the whole time, you know. And so wait, you're... I don't know why I said window basket, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a very so. large window. It was awesome. But wait, he says your job is to, what do you do? You just yell at him and say, hey, there's somebody below us? Or? Yeah, because there's only two people in the basket. So like, oh. you have to look. That's the weird thing about ballooning. It's not just 360 like all around you. It's also above you and below you. How do you see above you? Well, that's it's really hard, but you're like literally going like this. Or and you're, you're scared you know, of falling out of the basket. Because you can't also, uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and so it was just the most active ballooning experience, you know. And I think we were in the air for, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes. It, it felt like two minutes. I mean, it was that so sounds, intense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was really cool. But like when I was a kid, I used to chase them because on my bicycle, <laughs> you know, and they'd like land in the neighborhood. Did you have a large trailer and pulled then, from your bike that you were going to get the balloon on? You just, <laughs> oh, that, uh, like play hot air balloon. I mean, I did. My kids do this too. Like they jump off couches and they make like the balloon burner sound. 
I you love like, this. Air balloon. It's so cool. It's so a part I of our culture. Thing. Like every balloons are what we are anyway. It is weird. Like we totally take it for granted. We grow up, talk about balloons, see them in the sky all the time. People come in from out of town. They're just like, what's going on? We're yeah. Like, uh, balloons. Yeah. <laughs> duh. This is just what happens. It never gets old. 20 years now. And you said you've been to like 40 some odd. This was the 51st year. So you've almost been to all of them. I mean, you can quickly figure out how old I am by that math. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, did, uh, I didn't not, mean to do that. <laughs> and so, well, very cool. I do love the, the, you know, it all depends on where the wind's blowing. Because, like, when they do blow into town, it's, like, not good for balloonists. Right. We have these landing site issues and, you know, people pull over. and But, like, it is awesome. There's nothing like when you just walk out of, you name it, grocery store, whatever parking lot. Yeah. And there's, like, two balloons landing and everyone's all excited. It's so cool. It's cool. Or when above my house, sometimes I'll hear, and yeah. I'm like, oh no! I live by the Wait Indian. Yes, I live by the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, and I'm like, uh oh, they probably shouldn't be down here. But I'm so excited about it. Yeah. As long as everybody's safe. Anyway. So true. Well, listen, we have a couple of things. I think we should probably we should probably touch on some other iconic old Albuquerque. Oh yeah. Things while we're talking about the good old days for two people who may or may not be old, depending on who's watching. <laughs> but. Um, and then as a preview, though, next episode, we're going to talk to other people. Yes. It's not just going to be <laughs> so, us, okay? Don't worry. I'll tell you the, one of the oldest stories I've got, which is that I was door knocking once uh, when I was first running for office in the International District. And this guy, who at the time was quite old, uh, and he told me a story. Like, apparently, there used to be a racetrack out on Eubank. And, like, everyone who lived in that area of town would just drag race, but, like, on a racetrack. Oh, yeah, like an organized. Now there's, like, houses and stuff there. But, yeah. like... That was the whole like place to be, and it was like you'd go, you'd go drag race, and then you'd go to Caravan East. Oh, so yeah. Caravan East, which now is the International District Library. That's right. But man, Caravan East. I mean, my parents used to dance there, like when they were dating, and I'm so glad because I hit it once, like when I was an adult before it closed. Yeah. And so I got to see this legendary place, and it was one of those where like you had you had a band, kind of a grandstand for a band, but then you had an oval dance floor. And, and all the dancing oh, also yeah. moved. So even if it wasn't like country western line dancing, no matter what it was, <laughs> you still like moved in as you danced. Circular sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were like elevated areas on the sides. And uh, it was awesome. And it was huge too. So uh, it was so much fun. And I remember, you know, just I remember when I heard that it closed and I was like, I got there once, like as an <laughs> over 21 year old adult. And it was off the hook. But like that was the scene back then on like Route 66 in different variations. You know, it's like you're dancing to Caravan East and you're drag racing like along Route 66. And That's crazy. it's also why the car dealerships were there. Yep. I mean, there's just a whole mother road sort of story in that part of town. Um, but there was also the roller rink, which is funny because it, it's <gasps> back now. So Roller King is back. I have a pair of roller skates that I bought this year. Wow, have you it's been back. to the new Roller King? It's no, not even that new. But I'm like, so I've never been there and it's on my list. Oh, you got to go. Uh, yeah. We'll and see. the ice rink <laughs> is now double. So like now there's two rinks if people haven't been to Outpost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. There's like two rinks and there's like, you know, food in the center. And so if you haven't been there in a long time, everyone's kind of like, "Wow, this is actually like a whole different thing." I have a buddy that plays hockey there every Thursday night. I'm going to go crash There's the like hockey a whole party. hockey scene. Yeah. Who would have thought? Really ice big. Wolves, amazing, cool logo. Yeah. It's so cool. I love Albuquerque. So it's a great city. So I think, listen, we've got all sorts of stuff on tap for the future of our podcast. And uh, we're going to be interviewing some folks uh, just all around town, some who work at the city, some who don't, probably some reality, harsh kind of 
raw stories because we know that's part of who we are. We got our challenges, but we also have lots of things to sort of celebrate and dive into. So we're going to do that too. I will say too, I've always felt, you know, despite, despite the rawness, compared to other cities, like everyone I know who grew up or was young in Albuquerque, like they had a really good time yep. on a lot of fronts. Yeah. And like this town kind of delivers on that. And so it is a great place to grow up uh, despite all our challenges. So we're going to go into all that and more. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We're going to do this thing together and we're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you for listening, Albuquerque. And remember, it takes all of us to fulfill the promise of the city that we all call home. We hope to see you again next time on 1ABQ and you. Be sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at hashtag 1ABQ and you. If you'd like to share your own ABQ observations, experiences, or topic suggestions, reach out to us. You've been listening to 1ABQ and you.